calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Buffy and Frodo were in the Hogwarts library late into the night, prepping for the final trek into Mordor. Liz, I have to stop you. Why? Because this already sounds like the greatest story of all time. This is World Stealers. The show where we write fan fiction, essentially. Yeah. But, but honestly, it's so much more than that. It's so much more. Yeah. You're going to love it. So Just glad you're keep here. Keep listening. Keep staying. Just stay here. Join our army. Don't go. Last week on World Stealers, we picked from a hat of many fandoms and got Star Trek. We also decided to write a curtain fic, which is a type of fan fiction about two characters who end up doing something monotonous together. I wrote and performed my story from Star Trek The Next Generation in the last episode, so this week Liz will be reading and performing hers and telling us about her writing process. But first, she brings me a really great question about Star Trek. Okay, I have a question, Kate. Yeah, ooh. So, the Enterprise, huge ship. Yeah. A lot of different jobs on that ship. Oh, yeah. Huh? Some more important than others. Uh-huh. If you could work on the Enterprise, like if you were a crew member okay. on the Enterprise, okay. what would your position be? What would Entertainment. Interesting. Here's, here's where I'm going with this. Wait, is that, okay, so I know. Uh-huh. Is that a thing? Well, here's my logic, okay, right? Okay, go ahead. I know that... Um, that the Enterprise is on the whole like a military vessel, right? For exploration and they do peacekeeping stuff, but they often have passengers. They're often ferrying like diplomatic passengers to and from or like refugees or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And much like on long journeys uh, on a, perhaps a boat, which, you know, the Enterprise is often talked about as being like a naval vessel. Um, You know, I'm thinking of like a Royal Caribbean cruise ship where you have like uh, a band for the passengers. So you would be basically like the USO arm. Yes. 
Yes. In fact, that really, really like lays out what my uniform would look like. There'd be can canning. I Mm. would be doing, um, uh, well, they would call them ancient classics. I would call them 1940s, like big band jazz hits. Nice. Um, Yeah. I would be just in charge of maybe uh, handling the entertainment for the civilian passengers. I like it. Yeah. Okay. What would you do on the ship if you had your pick? Well, I didn't think of USO because obviously I think I'd be a great partner for you. Thank you. Yes, I would totally take you on for sure. I think that would be just amazing. and Everyone would love us. Mm -hmm. My thought immediately went to like. In all of the Star Trek I have watched, which is only I've seen a good chunk of the the original series Mm -hmm. and then I've seen some of the. um, Oh, we always forget that Voyager with uh, Captain Janeway. Yes. Mm -hmm. In both of those series, I can't really speak to the other ones, but in both of those series. The ship's medics mm-hmm. are sort of these just like curmudgeonly grumpy characters that like aren't really under anyone's command, even though technically they are. And they kind of like do what they want. and They yell at people a lot. Right. And they're like, get out of my medical place. And I'm a doctor, not a whatever else. And, right. you know, I'm I'm technically a, a projection of a doctor that doesn't really exist. But turn off the power when you leave. They just like to they're just, you know, they're doing their thing. Yeah. I think that'd be fun because I feel like it's a part of the enterprise oh, that I was you like, want to be a medic. Yeah. Only because I don't, I feel like I wouldn't thrive under the strict like hierarchy ah, of such a military. Um, that's true. The medic does kind of live on their own. Yeah. They have their own uh, kind of like reporting. They do their own stuff. They're, I'm not afraid of blood. So I feel like yeah. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. They kind of like fix people and from send what I've way. seen from the various Star Trek franchises, there's not a lot of blood. Yeah. Ever. Phasers don't really spill blood. No, it's, it's a pretty clean job. People like get knocked out and then like come to in the sick bay a lot, which I feel like I could do that. You yeah. Know? Just kind of hang out there until they come to. Also, surgery. You don't actually have to cut anyone open. It's all pretty like, like, like nanotech. Yeah. So really, it's like the least messy job. It's not messy. You don't really have to like listen to the captain from mm-hmm. what I've seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just I like a job where I can sort of talk back if I want to and I don't have to do much. You're also saving lives. Don't forget that. Also saving lives. Yeah, that's a good choice. Good. I'm glad we covered that before we get into our Me too. I feel better. <laughs> so tiny army. My Star Trek fan fiction takes place in the universe of the original series of the show. So that means Captain Kirk, that means Spock, that means Sulu, that means Ahura, all of your favorite characters, Scotty, Bones, you know, the, the OG crew. Um, it's the same crew that you can find in the newer J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, but originally you had your William Shatners, you had your Leonard Nimoy's, you had your George Takei's, so it is campy as fuck. It is the terrible special effects, and it's a little bit sexist, but in a way that's, I don't know, kind of fun and, like, silly. It's silly. Um, and, I, you know, game-changing at the time, but in retrospect, a pretty silly show. Liz, is there anything we need to know about your story before we start? Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, all right. Well, first of all, you guys should know that I ship Bones and Kirk 
mm-hmm. so hard. I just think they would be not only like they're they're friends. They're like they would be a lovely actual couple. Like yeah. you know they they get mad at each other, but they work it out. They always yeah. come out of it friends. Also, like the sex would be really passionate. Ooh. They're always yelling they're at each so other. Strong, yeah, you know, just like Ugh. very masculine, sweaty. Uh, yeah, um, I like that. So if you know some romantic undertones to my, uh, it's it's not it's not erotic. Okay, but it could be <laughs> in your imaginations. <laughs> Tiny Army. Like, Listen, Tiny Army, if you think you sense some sexual tension, you do. I put it in there because it was in the show. It was absolutely in the show. Oh, I'm so glad I can walk away from your fan fiction with a fantasy. <laughs> um, the other thing you should know that takes place after an episode where they um, they get transported into a parallel onto a parallel enterprise. Right. Um, and they, you know, they make it back. They're fine. Everything seems fine. But what you should know about that parallel enterprise, as well as the fact that it was just you know, very warlordy and people were out for blood. And, you know, the way you rose to the ranks as an officer was you killed the person ahead of you. And Sulu's Whoa. always trying to kill people on that episode. It was pretty fun. Go Sulu. Uh, right? <laughs> the other thing that's important to know is that everyone is dressed like a pirate. Oh, um, that's, I remember this episode yes, now. There were like gold sacks. And when I say gold, I don't mean the like Star Trek gold, that like marigold color of their sh- no. I mean gold, like no. sparkly gold. Love sashes it. tied around their waist. And, and Kirk has this like sleeveless, deep V cut, glittery yeah, gold uniform so shirt. Much. So that's a very important factor in my story. And I guess we can, okay. you know, talk about the rest later. But, sure, um, sure, sure. And I, I named it. This week, uh-huh. you know, it's a new season. I'm it's naming new my story. <laughs> new season, You're new list. Improving <laughs> list 2.0. Okay. Uh, I tried. I tried. Listen, guys, tiny army. Kate is the queen of puns. Okay. And I am. That's such a compliment. You just, you love them. You're I good do at love them. them. I try. I'm not as good at puns. That's not okay. where my strong suit lies. I like appreciate them, but I'm not good at making them. But. Uh-huh. And for reasons that I think will be clear as the story goes on, I named this story Deep Space V. <gasps> Looks like five, but it's not. It's V, Tiny Army. Like Deep Space Nine? Sort of, except but it's but a like a v. v. So like it's like a play on it could be a five or it I, could be like a... I get it. I totally yeah, get it. You guys, I love it. You get it. I fucking love it. Okay. All right. Shall I'm, we? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Read to me. Read to me. Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy hesitated outside the captain's quarters, wondering whether he should enter. Kirk hadn't summoned him, after all, nor had he complained of any lingering ill effects from their recent journey. For that matter, McCoy himself felt fine, as did Scotty and Lieutenant Uhura, as far as he could tell, and all four of them had been pulled together through whatever space-time fabric separates parallel universes. Thorough medical workup left him with no reason to doubt their fitness for duty. And yet... Kirk's behavior worried him. They had been back for days now, but Kirk continued to seem uneasy. More than once, McCoy had seen him tugging at the neckline of his uniform as if unable to get enough air, looking shiftily around to see if anyone had noticed, then abruptly exiting to his quarters, leaving a slightly baffled Spock in charge of the bridge. Now, Spock informed him, the captain hadn't been seen all day, only sending occasional orders via communicator. McCoy could only conclude that, while physically fine, Kirk's journey to that dark and dangerous parallel enterprise had left a more insidious type of scar. Well, if that was the case, McCoy wasn't the finest doctor in the fleet and an expert in space psychology for nothing. 
I just, is space psychology a thing? It's a thing, apparently. Amazing. From what I read, McCoy has some sort of degree or certification, whatever it is, in space psychology. McCoy can do everything. Everything. If there's one thing I know about Bones McCoy, it's that he can do everything. Listen, he's a doctor. But he's but also not just a everything. Else. He's also a surgeon, a cardiologist, a pediatric, <laughs> a space whatever. psychologist, a space psychologist, an acupuncturist. Oh, oh he god, do, he, he'll do cupping. He'll do massage. He's also great at like close range, like weapons. Yeah, <laughs> close range, range weapons and ear candling. That's <laughs> Those are McCoy's at the top of his resume. So good at stuff, guys. He braced himself for the worst as the doors slid open with their usual swoosh and squeak. He wasn't sure what he had expected, but nothing could have prepared him for what he found. Every surface of Kirk's room was littered with fabric, greens and golds, some shredded to bits, some in large swaths, some still vaguely resembling the uniforms they used to be. In the middle of the cotton and chaos stood the captain himself, shirtless, calmly modeling a glittering gold sash tied about his waist. Bones! Kirk roared, grinning at the speechless doctor. Come in, come in! See what I've made! I think I've finally gotten it perfect. McCoy gaped, but stepped in towards Kirk, allowing the doors to slide shut behind him. After all, it wouldn't do to let the crew see their captain in the throes of a psychotic break. So, this is amazing. (laughs) Because I imagine Kirk basically is like on the set of RuPaul's Drag Race right now. Throwing fabric. Also, the term cotton and chaos, I am going to use every time I get ready for a date. Thank you. You're welcome, because that's what I feel like I'm going through. Yeah. You can't find what to wear. It is cotton and chaos. Cotton and chaos. <laughs> and I have a bad habit, too, and this is what I'm picturing of Kirk, where I'll like, pull something out of my closet, try it on, be like, no, and then instead of putting it back like a just normal person, it. just throw it on the floor. That's what he's going through, and yeah. I feel his pain. Right? Ugh, we all have been there, Kirk. We've all been there. <laughs> Captain, he said as calmly as he was able. The crew needs you on the bridge. Spock tells me we're nearing Gamma Triangle 6, but he is unsure how to proceed once we reach it. Uh, that's a real place, guys. It's where they head in the next episode. I don't know if I pronounced that right, and I don't care. It doesn't matter. You're killing it. You're killing it. <laughs> ah, Bones. You and Spock are nothing but two sticks in the same puddle of mud. Can't you see what I've done here? No, Captain. What is it you think you've done here? Oh, great psychology skills. Right? Great. So good. Space psychology. Did you also read books about psychology before <laughs> writing this? No, I just, I've just been in therapy for a while myself. <laughs> <laughs> the uniforms. The uniforms, Bones. It's taken me a few days, but I think I've finally got them right. I've just got some stitching left to do on the shirt. It's much easier to make without the sleeves, of course. The crew's uniforms will still have sleeves and much deeper Vs, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Kirk trailed off, muttering to himself and rooting through a pile of clothes on the floor. Captain, if I may, what exactly is happening with the uniforms? Aha! Kirk straightened, holding up a gold sleeveless shirt, shiny as his sash, holding it up to his broad chest and moving from side to side so it glinted in the light. <laughs> oh, he is such a peacock, too. Right? It's so perfect. So vain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, listen, we're usually very sensitive to sexism in our fandoms. Sure. 
I didn't mind it in the original series because yes, he's, he's so such a man. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a ah, uh, you know. Yeah, it's so. It's like. No sexism is harmless, but if any sexism were harmless, it would be the sexism on the original series of Star Trek. Specifically from Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. He's just so dumb. He's so dumb. And he's also so flamboyant that you're almost like, you're joking. And he flirts with everything. So it's like, it's not just aimed at women. Yeah, that's true. Listen, creatures of all genders and species get flirted with by Jim Kirk. That's true. Yeah. He's a bit of an Equalizer. Indeed. Mm. Aha! Kirk straightened, holding up a gold sleeveless shirt, shiny as his sash, holding it up to his broad chest and moving from side to side so it glinted in the light. Isn't it magnificent, Bones? I think I finally got it right. The fringe on the shoulders was a bit tricky, but once I got the biomatter resequencer to create the right thread, it all came together. Captain, it's very nice, but do you think maybe you could get dressed and come to the bridge? Kirk stilled, letting the shirt fall to the floor. His dark eyes sought McCoy's blue ones. Oh. Captain, why so formal, Bones? Is something wrong? Damn it, Jim. You know perfectly well something's wrong. You haven't been on the bridge all day. You've been neglecting your duties. You've essentially left Spock in charge of the Enterprise since we got back. Some of the younger crew are starting to wonder if you're fit to captain. And frankly, so am I. Whoa. Right? Very dramatic. Bone speaks truth to power. He truly does. I love I always loved that about him. I love for him. sure. The excitement seemed visibly to drain from Kirk. He sat heavily at the foot of his bed and put his face in his hands. I know, he said, his usually strong and sure voice forlorn and muffled through his fingers. I know I've been. It's just that since we returned, nothing has felt the same. Swiftly, Bones crossed the room, kneeling beside the captain and gently placing a hand on his knee. It's all right, Jim. That's why I'm here. Just tell me what's wrong. It's been happening since we crossed back from the mirror universe, hasn't it? Still not looking up, Kirk nodded, his shoulders hunched in misery. What is it, Jim? Have you been feeling ill? Kirk shook his head. Did they get in your head somehow? Is that why you've isolated yourself? Are you afraid you'll be driven to do something to hurt the crew? Again, Kirk shook his head. Bones was becoming increasingly alarmed. Jim, you're still you, aren't you? There wasn't somehow another switch? You're not the other Kirk? Oh God, Bones, don't be insane. Of course I'm still me. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a mind reader. Oh, (laughs) I needed that. There it is. I was like waiting in suspense for it. Okay. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a mind reader. I can't help you if you won't tell me what's wrong. Abruptly, Kirk stood up and strode across the room. For a moment, he stood with his back to McCoy, then, just as quickly, turned, eyes blazing, and stared McCoy full in the face. It's the uniform's bones. Ever since I've been back, I've felt so constricted. These uniforms with their sleeves and their shallow Vs. Why, what if my regulation tops is a crew neck? A crew neck bone. <laughs> I agree. Right? Sometimes I feel strangled. I think so too. Listen. I'm with Kirk. I feel like when you have 
Hashtag I'm with Kirk. Hashtag I'm with Kirk. <laughs> a beautiful man chest. Yes. Or a nice set of kazangas. I learned a, a term the other day, you mm-hmm. know, chest hair, cabbage. Cabbage. Some people call it cabbage. That's, I don't know why, but he's got uh, beautiful cabbage. He does. I don't love that term, but I'm going <laughs> to use it. <laughs> Just let it breathe. He wants his cabbage to breathe. Through gotta his let deep it breathe. V. I gotta have a deep V. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> Kirk's shoulders slumped and he sighed, looking vaguely ashamed of himself. I know it seems silly. I know that the other Enterprise and its crew embodied everything we've fought against. And God help me, Bones, I would never sign on to such a bloodthirsty crew with such an unholy mission, but my God, in that uniform I felt like a Captain Bones. My arms unencumbered by sleeves, my chest bared like a Greek legend of old, my sash swinging as I walked. And oh, how the whole thing caught the light. We use that sort of glittery gold for detailing, but there's something you have to admire about men who will use it for the whole damn top. Once you have a taste of that life, how do you go back? Now I just walk around feeling constrained and weak. Kirk collapsed into a chair as if he hadn't the energy left to stand. McCoy took a seat at the foot of Kirk's bed and gazed across the room at his old friend, smiling gently. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a fashionista. (laughs) I'm sorry. God damn it. This is so fun. No, don't be sorry. I love this. I just really, once I had this idea in my head, I was like, I have to write this story to include the line, I'm a doctor, not a fashionista. Yeah, I mean, you blended in. I didn't see it coming. It felt Good and gratifying. I like that he says it sort of kindly. Yeah. He's not mad. I also just love, I just love the idea of Kirk being like, Bones, I demand glitter. (laughs) Where's my glitter? I can't feel like a man unless I have glitter. A true man shines. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's such like a flip-flop on what we understand as men. I feel like. And I'm with it. You know, it was too ahead of its time for the 60s. But I feel like Jim Kirk is just a a pansexual. Yeah, you know what he he loves a little drag queen. He loves everyone out there. Yeah, yeah, there's a, definitely a little queen He's a in performer. there. Yeah, you're right. He would wear all the eyeliner. Oh my god! Yes, if this show were made today. <laughs> oh my god, he would be fabulous. Oh, eyebrows on fleek. Yes. Oh, I just I could see a hair flip. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, I just, listen. I love this version of Kirk. <laughs> I'm so into it. All right, here we go. Where were we? You said, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, <laughs> not, not a fashionista. Look, I know they say clothes make the man, but in this case, I think the opposite may be true. You'd make any old rag look like a captain's uniform, no matter how dull the color or long the sleeves. Because you're James Kirk, captain of the Enterprise, the best damn starship in the fleet. Moreover, a starship with the best damn crew in the fleet. And they need you, Jim. Bones rose and crossed to his friend, laying a hand on his shoulder and looking him straight in the eyes. I need you, Jim. 
make out, make out, make out, make out, make outfits for each other, then make out. (laughs) Dress each other up and make out. He's your own personal doll. Do it. (laughs) Listen, that wasn't not on my mind. (laughs) Next version, next version. For a moment, the two men stood still, looking at one another the warmth of their friendship palpable between them. And McCoy grinned, and the moment was broken. How about throwing on something regulation and getting to the bridge before Spock goes out of his mind trying to impose order and logic on the rest of these vagabonds? Kirk smiled. Yes, of course, Bones. And Bones, thank you. Anytime, old friend. He turned to leave, but paused just shy of the door. Oh, and Jim... Hang on to that gold shirt, will you? May not be regulation according to Starfleet command, but you're not on duty all the time. Surely you can get some recreational use out of it. Recreational use is Kirk puts it on and shirt cocks around in front of Bones. <laughs> shirt cocks this shit. <laughs> you can get some. The gold wee, shirt, a little helicopter. A little helicopter. <laughs> this episode's going to get an explicit tag. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. Oh, supportive men, supportive you to just, each other. Yeah. Man friends, man lovers. Man lovers, maybe. But either way, embracing each other's style. Yeah. Embracing each other's like visions about their own self-love and identity. Ugh. Just building each other up. Beautiful. Ugh. This was really this is just a great story of friendship and fashion. It was like the devil wears Prada of space. I think so. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you had, you started out, maybe Kirk was the villain. He was maybe being real crazy. He's being crazy. We didn't know it was that. But it was because of a deep inner pain. Yeah, that he was trying to solve with clothes. Yeah. I've tried to solve inner pain with clothes. Haven't we all? Ugh, honestly. Cotton and chaos. Cotton and chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiny Army, if you want to follow us in any places where you want to like see our faces or find our stories, you can do that on Instagram and Twitter at WorldStealers. Yeah. Or you can email us at WorldStealersPod at gmail.com. Yeah. You can also, if you would like and you're feeling generous and you want to show us how much you love us because we love you. Uh, first of all, please tell your friends. Oh Share God, this yes. podcast with your friends. Tell them. Tell them how amazing we are. And if you could rate and review us on iTunes. It's just really helpful for discovery. Yeah. Those yeah. ratings and reviews help people find us. And yeah. then the tiny army grows. Yeah. 